Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Hello and welcome to another Off Track with Hinch and Rossi, where you will all be pleased to know we are recording at 4.30 in the afternoon, and so I do not have a sandwich. Nor the right microphone again. Well, okay, but again, we've established (laughs) that the issue with my microphone, first of all, I figured it out before you guys got on the call, so it's not like we were sitting here waiting Uh. for me... Well, no, I had the microphone thing figured out, and then there was a family emergency I had to deal with, so I was 60 seconds late. My apologies. Uh, 120 seconds. 100 two minutes. Seconds. But don't worry. Mm-hmm. At least we moved this up for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, really you inconsiderate of Becky's teeth to break. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, yeah so I, am, I will I, say I'm thrilled you're not eating a sandwich this time. I'm not eating a sandwich this time, although I did have uh, quite a few of our listeners remind me on Twitter that today was sandwich day, which I would very much appreciate it. So thank you guys for being so uh, so considerate and and making sure that I I don't go hungry. Um, to be honest, I'm surprised you're in a country right now where they offer food delivery services. I thought you'd still be in the backwoods of Canada. Um, well, I I would I would I would I would have happily been in Canada still, except uh, I've got to come tell people what it is you're doing wrong this weekend so oh boy i hope you have enough airtime. i was gonna um, ask how long is that race because i don't no, know it's it's 10 hours we've got uh we got time yeah can you yeah. do a couple hours before it starts just to prep people yeah there'll be a pre-show yeah but no that's that is fair diane well, let's, let's talk no <laughs> let's talk about it it's uh it's Petit Le Mans. It's one of IMSA's flagship races this weekend at Road Atlanta. You're going to be back behind the wheel of the number seven Team Penske Acura alongside Elio Castroneves and who's in your car? Wow. Ricky, Ricky Taylor, sorry. Yep, there you go. Um, so, so you've obviously done your research. Yeah, he's I obviously, have obviously prepped for the weekend. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, it is, it is the premier event, and here's the... the or one of the premier events. And here's the crazy thing. I've never done it. I've never, I, I know nothing well, about uh, it. I've never luckily, been to road Atlanta. Luckily you at least have had the benefit of several hours on my home simulator from sim experience to learn the track. You know, this is true. That was very nice of James. It was very nice of sim experience to provide James with the tools for us to work on our careers in your basement. So thank you, James. Sure was. Thank you, SimCraft. Um, Sim experience. Sorry, Sim experience. <laughs> thank you to those guys. I don't really know that there's a difference, but it's okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm excited. It's going to be... It's. So are you, are you nervous going into a track that you don't know? And especially no. when these guys are in the championship fight and have won three consecutive races. So if you don't win this one, the biggest thing that's changed is you're on the team now oh yeah yeah you know because imza loves it when you know one car just wins four races in a row like they they (laughs) they actually make it so that that's a thing 
Okay, um, so in sports car racing, they have BOP, which is balance of power. So if one car is dominating, they'll adjust either the amount of power they have or the weight of the car, et cetera, et cetera. And so fuel capacity. And so obviously the the number seven cars won three in a row, not unlike outright pace necessarily. Right. It's not like they just qualified a pole and blitz the field. So have well, you seen the BOP for the weekend? I mean, they have also had the last three poles, but... <laughs> well, it's, that doesn't help their cause. You know, but they, they don't... It, it, it They haven't been the fastest car. And, and here's the crazy thing about about IMSA that I've come to learn and, and team Penske as an organization and, and really those four drivers of, of, um, Elio, Ricky, Dane and, and JPM is like Penske's ability plus the, these guys to extract pace from a car that quite frankly, isn't, isn't the fastest car, isn't really a pole winning car. Is right. absolutely amazing. And the, their ability to do it time and time again is is actually stunning because an IMSA, and it, it, it adds quite a bit of confusion to IMSA because, you know, IMSA is like, oh, well, you know, you, you've been on pole. You have the most amount of poles all year. You know, why are you complaining about performance? But in, in reality, we, we are at a deficit most of the times. It's just these guys are that good. At getting the maximum amount out they're of they're overcoming this car. the the BOP basically, right. and so it's it is funny because you know obviously the, the, the teams it, it hasn't been a situation where they've they've struggled you know f- for their entire time in the series you know they the six car won the championship last year you know they are competitive and IMSA has a very hard job to try and and, and level three manufacturers with all of the different kind of games that they all play and such. But the fact of the matter is, for all of the the big flagship events, the endurance events, we have been at at a pretty big disadvantage. So it is interesting this year that there's been a, a small shift in the way they do the BOP, and I feel like you know we're we're in a fairly cautiously optimistic spot for for how we're going to be, and I do think we have a as good of opportunity as anyone to win four in a row. Um, so that is a, a very long winded answer of, yeah, if we don't win, it's a hundred percent Alex's fault, which is okay. That's, that's why I was, I was, I was going to summarize that at the end, but I'm glad you got yeah, there. Yeah. 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 No, I'm, I want to make sure everybody who's going to watch knows that that's the case. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah, actually, no. that's what IMSA did for the balance of power. They're like, what, they just, how can we mess this car up? Just put what Alex if we in put it. Alexander Ross. Yep. In? No, yeah. you know, that, you're not wrong. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but he's I, never been to the track. You know, he's 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 very much over 2020. I feel like this is not going to be a great race for him. So let's put him in the car and slow him down a bit. So the, the the cool thing is, like, I've heard nothing but great things about the track. I think a a Daytona prototype car around road Atlanta's is one of the cooler combinations that you can have for so, sure. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. And, and for sure, you know, there's going to be a lot of priority to try and get as many laps in practice, um, to just get, get circuit knowledge and get up to speed as quickly as possible. Cause ultimately, you know, as, as many variables as there are in these events for the endurance ones, you know, the, the, the car that usually wins usually has the best kind of add-on drivers, right? You're only as strong as your weakest right. link type thing, which is why, you know, obviously the uh, number 10 Again, car... Again, the seven's in big trouble. That's why the number 10 car obviously won Daytona this year because Scott Dixon was in it. So it makes Correct. sense that if their weakest driver is Scott Dixon, they're obviously going to win everything. Um, okay, so so, yeah. so you kind of bring up a good point. You know, there's obviously finite amount of practice and lots to get done. 
you don't have the hours in the car that Elio and Ricky do, but your performance is, as we just said, arguably more important because the third driver is often, you know, everyone else is so competitive and so close in that series that the third driver can often be the difference maker. So when you're going through practice, how does the team prioritize how much seat time you get as the guy that sort of needs the seat time versus the race drivers who are also, you know, that's who you really want to set the car up for and whatever, whatever. Well, it's, it's a kind of a lucky situation because they already had a race there a month ago. So they just did a whole six hour event at, at road Atlanta. The tires pretty much the same. It's going to be a bit cooler. So that's, that's one variable, but ultimately everyone was really happy with the car. So they don't really need to, to run a whole lot. Um, because of that, that reason. So I'm so put you in a better spot. Practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, that's awesome. That's a, that's a pretty neat way to do it. Exactly. Um, so yeah, we'll see. It'll be, it'll be, uh, another one to take off the box. So yeah. So, so there's, there's three left. There's, uh, this weekend in Rhode Atlanta, right. then there's Laguna Seca over Halloween and then there's Sebring 12 hour, which obviously is one of the ones that usually is back in March, you know, kind of kicks the season off after Daytona. Yeah. Quite frankly, first of all, I'm surprised that California is having motor races, but, um, yep. Good for them. And, uh, <laughs> yes, Sebring, I'm doing Sebring, Sebring. I love, I love the 12 hour event. I, I almost prefer the 12 hours of Sebring more than 24 hours of Daytona. Um, mostly because it's usually not wet and 37 <laughs> degrees out in the middle of right. the night. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so for me, three races left. Um, well, potentially four, uh, including St. Pete's and these two endurance races. So we'll, we'll see how it goes, James. Well, wait, so wait, what do you mean potentially four? What are you, what are you, what are you teasing us with there? Well, I think based on what I've done the past two years, you could probably guess through the process. So that's that's still happening. Baja is still well, a thing. It's pending. It's pending. Yes. Like the event is pending, or your no. participation is pending. The second, the latter. Uh, oh, okay. Copy, right. copy. So there's still a chance we could see you wheeling and dealing in a big old badass four wheel drive, super cool truck. Yeah, James. Um, if he does do that again this year, do you want to go down this time? Um, when is it? The week before Thanksgiving. Oh, that's earlier than I thought. Yeah, I might be on a boat. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> what what do you have going on, Tim, that makes it earlier than you thought? Yeah. <laughs> For once in my life, I actually do have something going on that makes it earlier than I thought. Um, that being... Please elaborate. I was Are you getting a haircut? Because you really need it. I was that just would hired take to write a, a feature film. Well, and there the you go. Copy of that script is due December third. And by feature film, you mean like your daughter? Feature refers to the length. Yeah, no, so you, not not like the quality. Right. So, so <laughs> it's for your daughter's like second grade class, right? Yeah, she's she's paying me three dollars. She's uh, fundraising with the lemonade stand. Pretty excited about okay. it. Well, it's uh, good. She's say, also where did Hazel get three dollars? Yeah, more than uh, you guys have been paid to write a script. That is actually <laughs> true. That is an accurate statement. Uh, well, congratulations, Tim, on uh, on your big Hollywood break. I'm assuming it's starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Kevin Hart and Julia Roberts. Margot Who else Robbie. is really big in Hollywood? Margot Robbie, so I, Jennifer I can't Aniston. Go, I can't go. I can't go into detail. There are a couple actors attached, but uh, but yeah. So the the main takeaway is. I'm going to have even less time to ignore this podcast. So if you believe it or not, the quality is going to go down. 
Like, but I mean, we thought it was on the floor. It's going to go farther down. Right, right. You're just going to you're, you're just going to upload the files to Sirius. Just, as <laughs> <laughs> just a full unedited file. There you go, well, that'll, guys. Be, that'll be funny because then I'll go I'll go from unemployed to employed, and you guys will go from employed to unemployed if I stop editing stuff out. Well, no. Like, what what will be funny <laughs> is it'll just sound exactly the same because we're all sitting here pretending like you actually edit something. I don't know if you, I mean, I know Alex has never listened to an episode of the show. I have. It's the same. He just puts music on the front end. I cut, I cut some stuff out. And he, pull, <laughs> and he pulls out the stuff that would get us fired, which is yeah, actually. That's, yeah, that's it. That's about it. Actually something that Tim brought up that he wanted to talk about. And I think it's a great idea to talk about. Well, it's did you guys 100%. ever wonder why we record for three hours for a 40 minute episode? So I'm only cutting out the stuff that would get you fired. That's fair. That's <laughs> the fair. amount of blackmail that you have on your computer of me and James. If only you had mentioned beforehand that you were doing the uh, the body issue, I would have given you a heads up on that. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, do I have to cut that? <laughs> you sure don't. Um, but no, it's 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 a it's a great point. The, the point was just about how in this age of social media, you know, Tim was asking if if Alex and I just kind of live in a constant state of fear every time we post something that something in there might be construed poorly by somebody and result out, in some backlash. It is out of control. Like how, well, how much fear I live in. Yeah. <laughs> what brought media. it up, what brought it up for me was when, Al, when Alex posted the, the very true, like undisputedly valid point that Canadian Thanksgiving is a dumb holiday. And okay, so posted a dumb pumpkin. Well, but it occurred to me that what would have happened like, like if, if a bunch of people took offense to that, like, could that cancel Alex? And then do you have to think about that with every single tweet? First of all, well, no one's going to take offense to it because everyone... It was a dumb pumpkin and it is a dumb holiday. Right. I agree. Yeah. Right. No one's arguing that. Not okay. even James. First of all, first so of all... I'm going to keep cutting them off. <laughs> first of all, Alex, I bet Kelly loved that pumpkin. <laughs> no. Because when we went to the pumpkin patch no. together, she was picking the weird, warty, funny colored ones. This so one, she would have loved one that. Had, pumpkin. This one had bacterial warts. You have bacterial warts. I don't anymore. So, well, thank you, <laughs> penicillin. So, and hold, hold for cut on that. You don't have to cut that. Sure, we're not cutting that. So, here's the thing. So, here's the thing, right? That tweet is not going to get Alex in trouble because, uh, you know, you directed it towards Canadians and our Thanksgiving, which we are proud of, but we also have a good sense of humor. I feel like there's a certain demographic, though, where like if I were to flip the script and call American Thanksgiving dumb, it would really end poorly for me. Yeah, 100%. Well, well here's the thing. Because you can get out of our country. First of, first, of all, <laughs> first of all, our holiday means something. Yours is irrelevant. So like, yes, people would get angry because you're actually insulting the history of what... So, Alex, yes. Alex, let me ask you something. Why do you think we celebrate Thanksgiving? Because you're thankful for harvest, which every country has. That's right. literally... Every, you're thankful for something that everyone has. Okay, so are you not thankful for air? You are, but we don't have an air holiday. You don't know that. I, I bet there's a national air day. There's literally a national everything day these days. That's that. That is fair. But do you see my point? Like you, you, the holiday is is fine. Like there's nothing wrong with that. It's just missing the depth. And to call it Thanksgiving when Thanksgiving in America has such a high importance to kind of the the formation of this country. Okay, so so ed- educate me on the on American Thanksgiving. 
It, the most important part of it is that it means you can put your Christmas decorations up. That else? is true. And you, you it, can start it, playing Christmas carols the next day. Then again, I actually, I live by that with Canadian Thanksgiving. So all of my Christmas decorations are already up. Fair. <laughs> but no, Alex, go ahead. Tell me about American Thanksgiving. Well, it's, okay. It, it has to do with our kind of founding of the country and its separation from, it, not its independent, well, kind of its independence, not Independence Day, but it's its, its own um, <clears throat> holiday celebrating the birth or Tim, like, right? The, what's the right adjective? I mean, okay, so none of that, really. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's it's about the, the pilgrims making a foothold in in the soon-to-be colonies okay. and a supposedly harmonious relationship with the indigenous people that did not... Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was really harmonious. Didn't uh, pan out the way they <laughs> were open. Didn't pan out great. Um... So yeah, but, it's, it's but, more but about it, but, like but laid, overcoming the laid, adversity of establishing a uh, right. It laid the ground. It laid the groundwork for what later was going to become colonies, which later became states, which later became kind of the framework of the United States of America, right? Yeah. Okay. So that that has a lot of depth to it, James. Okay. I got to be so, honest. I don't know anything about Canadian things. It's literally celebration of harvest. Yeah. Okay. But so let's say like when it started and I don't, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know the first year of Canadian Thanksgiving or anything like that. I don't know if that's even a recorded thing, but uh, I'm sure Twitter will tell us. Um, but like, like, let's say they had like a really rough patch of a couple years where like they didn't have a lot of food and a lot of people died and it was like a famine situation. And then all of a sudden they had a really good harvest. You probably got a lot of people that were super stoked about it and wanted to be thankful for the fact they had a harvest. I'm not saying it's more important than what you're talking about. It certainly is not. But I mean, I guess let's put it this way. If we just had a slightly different name, would you think it was a less dumb holiday? Are you just resentful that it's the same name as American Thanksgiving and you feel like it's a different thing to celebrate? Yeah. Like if you call okay. it like Happy Harvest Day. Like if I celebrated my dog's birthday and called it Christmas. That would piss me off. Right. What so if the dog's name was Chris? Or Jesus. Either way, it still wouldn't really be appropriate. Um, so, okay, I, I see your point. I see your point. Um, still, still moderately offended. You think it's dumb, but um, but I see I see where you're coming from. Maybe maybe the the correct thing is it's a stupid pumpkin for a <laughs> stupidly named holiday. There we go. Oh, there okay. We go. So, falling into a Wikipedia hole, I just discovered something that uh, throws all this off a little bit. Okay. Say, so if it supports my argument, feel free to carry on. The Plymouth colonists and the Wamapuk Indians shared their autumn harvest feast in 1621. According to some historians, the first celebration of Thanksgiving in North America occurred in 1578 in Nunavut. Yeah, that's Canada, Alex, in case you are not aware. So I would like you to officially write a letter to somebody in government asking to change the name of Thanksgiving to something less offensive to Canadians who started it. Boom! First of all, Hallmark rules everything, including your wife's <laughs> life and bank account. I was going to say, oh, so, I say, Hallmark funds my life. Are yes, you kidding me? So, I love Hallmark. So first of all, um, Hallmark is not going to change anything because at the end of the day, they make every holiday what it is. Second of all, um, <laughs> the greatest thing about Thanksgiving is the fact that we have like four NFL games on Thanksgiving and it's mm -hmm. a Thursday every month. So mm -hmm. um, by all of those every reasons, um, we have... Like most things, 
that we took from England and thus Canada, <laughs> we have made it better. Okay. So we take okay. something that already exists, like the English language. I was going to say that's it, that was the one you've really actually done a pretty piss poor job with. What do you what do you <laughs> what do you need all those U's for? Color doesn't need a U. You're being ridiculous. Come on. You don't need a U. Uh, okay, so why don't we just agree that we can share the name because we both have reasons for a, a good claim on it. No, that would not be a very American thing of me to do. <laughs> well, oh my this God. got a little off topic. <laughs> we went a little off track. Yeah, basically, um, Tim, yes, we're terrified of social media at all times. And if social media existed in the days of some of our racing heroes, I would... Man, I would venture to guess some of them would have been super unemployed. Well, <laughs> yeah, just... I can't imagine James Hunt would have survived uh, the current climate. Let's just talk about the amount of um, <clears throat> like tweet. Like, how many tweets per month do you think that you like write out either in your head or on your phone and then delete? Oh, like, I'm, like I'm at per... least ten. Yeah, I'll say yeah. Realistically, probably five. Five a month, I would say. And the thing is, is like, but like, because, but, but this is, this is, so this is a, a bigger issue for me, right? It's like, I understand that that's just my life and that's, I signed up for that, right? But we have to understand that like our partners are an extension of us, right? And there are certain things that, certain tweets that Becky has written and she'd be like, hey, can I send that? And I would read it and be like, no, absolutely not. There's no way you can send that. And it's like, it's tough, right? Because like, I'm not trying to silence why I'm not trying to muffle my wife's voice. Like she, she's her own person. She can do what she wants. But at the same time, we are a unit and we are, you know, an extension of each other. And so there are certain things that, you know, in her business, there's a little bit more freedom. You're not necessarily, well, I don't think, at the I don't think you companies could. and sponsors, but like, yeah, there's, there's certain things where I've had to be like, sorry, I, I really would appreciate it if you don't send that tweet as funny as it is. <laughs> Well, like, I don't think you could tweet out, you know, something about a movie she was in and be like, this actor sucks or this director really ruined it all. Like, I, I right. think there is a bit of that. You have some of that, too, on, yes. on your end. Not that to would, the same extent. That would not go over well. But yeah, but it's but yeah, it's a similar kind of thing. And so that's it's it, it like it's a it's a common fear in our household. It's just something that we have to be super aware of. And uh, we both look forward to the day when we can just tweet whatever we want. So I think all of this comes on the back of. <clears throat> There being a bit of, uh, well, first of all, big news, um, you know, ab about the the number seven car, six, seven, yeah. car. seven car seven. At, at SPM um, with with Oliver not coming back next year and, and kind of the, the controversy, at least in the media. I don't really know the behind the scenes, but that kind of surrounds, you know, his 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 medical issues and, and things that were said around that time and stuff and. It's um, it's just a, another example of how this sport really just a is 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 ruthless and b. I mean, you're not owed anything. Like Oliver, in, in terms of his junior career and and what he accomplished was in a lot of ways, you know, kind of unprecedented. I mean, he he won, I think, over four races in every single junior category that he went through. Won every championship and and got a shot in IndyCar and. What was a obviously a, a difficult year this year for everyone, but I mean, was doing a fine job. He I, he wasn't maybe at the same level of Pato, but at the same time, Pato had the half year of experience, and with only getting the hour of of practice time. I mean, even I was um, suffering from from that, so I can only imagine for a rookie it was difficult. So 
be that as it may, like he, he, he's, he's talented and, he, and he's done a good job yet. He's still going to be without a ride in, in 21, which is, um, yeah, a situation. Yeah. It's, 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 it's tough in a lot of ways. And, you know, so this is, this is all stuff I'm pulling off Twitter, right? Cause I, I followed up on this a little bit for, I think obvious reasons. Um, up to the 500, which is where Oliver had the accident where, where he suffered a concussion. He was leading the rookie of the year standings. He was the top scoring rookie in three of those six races. He had one podium and three top tens in six races. He made it to the Firestone Fast Six in the only road course. So only opportunity to be in the Fast Six, he got in the Fast Six. And he outscored his teammate, who's now fifth in points, in three of those six races. So up to that point, he was pretty competitive in comparison to his teammate and the other rookies. Then he had the Indy accident and obviously his, his performance suffered. Right. So his performance suffered as a result, but the, the bigger fear here, and this is like, you know, some people ask me why I want a driver's union or, you know, association set up. And this is, this is a great example because the huge fear now is you had this young kid. He was a rookie in his, in his first year in the big cars, as Alex said, did everything to impress in the junior categories. And now I feel like fellow rookies are going to be afraid to talk about injury for risk of losing their job. Whether or not that's why they let him go, I don't know. I don't care. It's not my business. But the optics are very poor. And it doesn't look like they covered their bases on that particularly well. And so, yeah, now it sends a really bad message to young drivers. They're like, oh, yeah, if you're hurt, you you better drive through it and still perform. Because if you admit that there's a problem, this could be your fate. So I, I thought the same thing. I, like my first thought jumped to, oh, this is why James wants to set up a driver's union. OK, like this is <laughs> Tim. Tim, you're going to need to stop talking for a second. Um, but James, in, in your career and in, in everything that that you came up through and, and stuff. This isn't new, like. I'm 29 no. and I'm, I'm of that same impression. Right. Right. Like this this yeah. has nothing to, this has nothing to do with young drivers. This has nothing to do with a, well, no, someone who else, got a I... shot being concerned about it. This has to do with current guys are afraid to admit the fact if something's wrong. Right. But, but let's, so, so, I mean, again, that just feeds the, the need for some kind of association, but the, the difference between let's say you getting a concussion and Oliver Askew getting a concussion is your 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 credentials in the series are such that a team owner would be like, oh yeah, we'll give you five races off, whatever you need to feel better, and we know what you're capable of, so you'll get a job again. Your job is sitting here waiting for you. In Oliver's case, he didn't have enough races to show, and any and it was the like you said, it was the worst year to have this problem, right? With no with very little practice and and all these things, and so. For a rookie who's who's still trying to make a name for themselves, it's an even more difficult decision. Like, yeah, you or I would probably do the exact same thing, right? But the odds are, if you if you right, yeah, right. So if if you but if you have you know, like I said, if you've had success in the series and and you've got experience in the series, people know your known quantity. It's it's easier for a team owner to be like, oh yeah, okay, no problem. We'll take care of it until you're ready to come back. Where with a rookie, it's like, well, I don't know. Then he did four or five, whatever more races and he wasn't very good. So we don't really know where his potential is. And that's clearly a risk they weren't willing to take. James, you might not be able to answer this and we might not be able to talk about this on the podcast, but I'm going to pose the question anyways. And then 
We can leave it blank if you don't want to answer it, and the viewers can can voice an opinion on it. Perfect. Do you think that, because me coming from Europe, I have my opinions. Do you think that with now a more European influence at SPM, that there's kind of more of a European approach that exists with the way they handle their drivers? Um... Did you, I did you see what I'm saying? Like because in, no, yeah, no, I know exactly. In the junior series over there, like this is a hundred percent, like just that. That's normal. Normal. Like, that's what would happen. It's in F1. It's normal. Yeah. You know, um, and I think, I think that the honest answer is I wasn't around long enough once that influence right. came in to really to know how big it is. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Right, um, but I, I can say here. Here's here's what I here's what I think. I think there's a lot more to this story. Than was in the press release, as is always the case. I think we're never going to know a hundred percent of both sides. I imagine the truth lies somewhere in the middle between both sides' respective stories. And uh, and but but I I do think that the way it was handled has left um, some pretty pretty serious questions, you know, and some potentially very serious repercussions out there that I don't think are great. So. It's, uh, I mean, I hope we do learn more about the whole thing just because I, I think that would go a long way to making sure that this doesn't become a situation that does get worse for young drivers and, and things like that. Do you feel this way because we're talking about head injury stuff? Like if he had, if he had gone out and broken his ankle because he was riding a dirt bike and it wasn't racing related and he got dropped because he was going to miss four races and they didn't they weren't able to assess his performance level. Like, yeah, I, feel the same I, way. I think that like comes riding, into it for sure. Right. Like, but like riding a dirt bike, you could say, well, what, why were you doing that in the middle of the season? You know, right. He got, he got hurt doing his job. Right. Right. Yeah. And so the team should, should be willing to look after him a little. And I'm not saying they didn't. I, like, I don't know. Like nobody knows what actually happened. Um, but it's just, I, any goal I have with seeing some kind of association come together would just make sure that the driver is protected in that kind of situation. Um, and obviously there's like, a, that's a whole nother four part episode that we could do just <laughs> focusing on that whole thing. But uh, either way, it's, you know, it's unfortunate for Ollie. He's a very talented driver and, uh, and we'll see, we'll see how it shakes out. You know, I think there's, there's going to be a lot of movement, I think in the, in the driver market for 2021, potentially a lot of things shifting around and people bouncing around. So, and this is obviously a big part of that because that seat is with a competitive team that's shown well this year. And there's some guys that are up for contract. There's some, you know, veterans up for contract. There are some guys that were rookies this year that have been very, um, very quick. So it's going to be interesting to see how the market shakes out. Yeah, for sure. Do you, how do you expect it to, to go this year? I mean, obviously usually the whole silly season, if you will, starts in July ish, kind of mid Ohio time, end of July, beginning of August. Um, well, obviously with the year and the fact that we're ending our, our season kind of at the end of October, like, do you expect this to go into January or do you think things will be pretty, pretty settled down by Christmas time? I, yeah, I think that everybody understands that while the racing calendar shifted, the calendar year is the same and we're starting St. Pete, you know, at the same next year, St. Pete <laughs> starting next season at the same time we would have. And so, you know, and, and like I can I can talk like that because I'm I'm part of it. Right. I'm I'm out there 
trying to get a ride. So I, I know that those conversations are already full fledged and it kind of started around mid Ohio, the same way it, it always would have, um, with that race kind of being at its you know usual date. So, uh, yeah, it's, I think in the next, I think you probably hear some things at St. Pete, to be honest. I think a lot of, I mean, that's kind of a, a time of year where announcements are made anyway. I think a lot of people would like being able to do it at the track with everybody there. So I wouldn't be surprised to hear some kind of announcements for some of these guys at that race. Yeah. Copy that. <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's really just a matter of where the big domino is, is where is Tim Durham going to end up? Like that's, um, as soon as that falls, has, we'll know. Whoever has an, whoever has an open bar hospitality. Yeah. I was going to say whoever gets sponsored by whatever beer I like that month. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a wet one. Um, Jokes so aside, spe- I'm taking Joseph Newgarden's seat next year. Right. Speaking, speaking of liquids, I, um, I actually have something. Hang on, I'm going to get a coffee while you talk about this. Right. Okay. So obviously thim has been prepped on this. Uh, I have a grinds my gears topic that I need to discuss. We haven't done a grinds my know. gears in a while. I'm excited. We haven't, but this one really grinds my gears. And I know here's the thing. I'm going to open this one by saying, I know I'm in the minority here. I know that neither one of you are going to agree with me, but I just, I just need to say it. Cause it, it just bugs the hell out of me. Hot drinks, hot drinks. Doesn't matter what they are. Hot chocolate, coffee, tea. I don't know of any other ones, but I'm sure there are some. They're the worst. They're the stupidest thing that we've done, I think, as a species. That's not right. We've probably done worse. But hot drinks are ridiculous. They all taste bad cold. They are all too hot when they're first made, and they get too cold very quickly. Your window for actually enjoying a hot drink is very narrow. And so you either need to have a very small cup or you have to drink it way too fast or you just waste a ton of it or you have to like go back and put it in the microwave and warm it back up or whatever. But they just I just think that hot drinks are so pointless and they're painful to drink or they're or they're disgusting. And there's just this knife edge in between where you can kind of, quote unquote, enjoy it. And I just think I'm just I'm very frustrated by it. So I I could not agree less. I, I know you could. I actually could not agree more. Like, I'm what? Like stop. somewhat surprised by that. So, we have coffee all the time. Stop. <laughs> I completely agree with everything James is saying. And the only beverage that I I will argue that slightly on is coffee. But it wasn't always like that. So I I used to only be able to drink like tea, I don't drink tea. Tea's gross because tea's either way too hot and the bag hasn't like like uh, seeped enough seeped enough right so you don't get the full flavor anyways and by the time it has seeped enough like a you've either forgotten about it or b <clears throat> you know you have two sips and then it's too cold right so well, hang on alex have you tried american tea though um tea is tea tim no american tea is where you throw a bunch of british tea in the harbor and then you get drunk on beer and overthrow government i do like that i do that like sounds like, like right that. up alex's alley <laughs> that sounds good to me. Um, no, so so I don't drink tea. I don't drink hot chocolate. I don't drink. I mean, I don't know of any other hot drinks. But the, you guys are all missing hot apple cider, which is phenomenal. Don't drink that either. Coffee, because it's so un- caffeine is so important to me in my life. I had to force myself to learn to either. I don't know if I conditioned my tongue to just accept the burn. Yeah, you probably just, it's just like burn calloused, right. you know, you just, your mouth just tolerates heat. And now. I conditioned my tongue and taste buds to be okay with it cold. So like, 
I am now fine with coffee through its whole range of temperatures. Would I prefer it to be in the optimum temperature the whole time? Absolutely. Did I buy a $120 um, wireless charging cup that kept it at a certain temperature the whole time? Yep. Did it work? <laughs> That's the most Alex nope. Rossi thing ever. Um, so, like, I, I've, I've been through the whole gamut of, of options, but coffee is, I had to overcome it and learn to love it because it is an, an important part of my day. But right. Yeah, so, it just right. sounds like right. you guys have so, t- poor time management, right? Well, no, but here's, here's, no. look, look, hold on. Here, but here's, this is my, I just want to touch on this because this is my point. He, he admits he had to, like, like force myself of his body and force himself to enjoy something he didn't enjoy just so that he could get his caffeine fixed. So that's fine. I'm lucky. I don't, I don't need caffeine. Like I've never drank coffee in the morning. I'm never, I'm not one of those, like one of those people that needs that like cup or two a a day to get going. But like the fact that you have to like mutilate your mouth. Um, okay. So is pooping. I do that every morning. I don't need coffee. So, so, okay, here's a, here's a question um, that I've quickly realized is irrelevant as I uh, was forming it in my head. So iced okay, coffee would, is fine. So that, that was going to be my follow-up, right? Is now once you, once you taught yourself to enjoy the taste of this otherwise leathery shoe-flavored beverage, and, but like, is it because you've already murdered your mouth so you don't really care about drinking it hot? Or like, would you, should you just, would you just drink cold coffee every morning, like iced coffee no, every morning? So like, here's the thing, like hot coffee in the morning is like, is, it, it becomes synonymous with your day, right? Yeah. But like, I'm not going to have, unless I'm exhausted and need like an espresso shot, I'm rarely going to have a coffee anytime after lunch. From there on, oh, it's, I also, it's, it's, I also it's all, do an espresso every afternoon. it's all Diet Coke. Like my caffeine switches from black coffee to Diet Coke. Rarely, I mean, maybe once or twice a month, I'll go like, because I'm by a Starbucks, I actually was by one today, so this is weird that we're talking about it, and I'll go grab an iced like latte, right? But I don't enjoy that as much as I enjoy hot black coffee. I just didn't want another Diet Coke today because I already had three. Okay, all right, but hold, this is interesting. So if it's afternoon and you're out of, wow, you've already had three. That just sunk in. Um, (laughs) If it's afternoon (laughs) and you somehow need more and you're over Diet Coke because you've already had three and you go to Starbucks, you'd get an iced coffee, not a hot coffee. So hot coffee is like a morning thing. Or would you have a hot coffee in that scenario if you were feeling it? And, And not unless there's snow on the ground. Probably not. So while, while we're on the topic of hot um, things you put in your mouth, <laughs> um, I am in the huge minority here in the fact that I hate hot and cold desserts. I actually hate all hot desserts. Like really? Oh my god! What, uh, what even like hot fudge on or like hot fudge on ice cream? You don't well, like the combination? That there? that freezes to become just frozen fudge. Yeah, but if you you have it when you, there's the dichotomy, no, hold on, you get absolutely it you hold on. Hot no, you're you're like the quintessential American. Like you bleed red, white, and blue. You probably have stars tattooed on your butt. I've Are seen you them, yeah. telling me that you think you don't like? Hot apple pie with a scoop of vanilla ice cream. I like oh, cold. I like cold apple pie much better. But if I were to have hot apple pie, I literally tell the guy at the restaurant, "Don't give me ice cream." So, would you have cold apple pie with ice cream? Yes. Wow. Interesting. Like, that is like, bizarre. I, I, I hate. This is more upsetting than the coffee thing. Like, I don't this even like. I don't even like. Fundamentally upsetting. I don't even like pop tarts heated up. Like, I would rather have a cold 
pop tart than like you sound like somebody you sound like somebody who like has lasting effects from living through the great depression like like you didn't have a toaster growing up so you don't like hot stuff like still likes the taste of gravel i love love hot food i'll eat hot food all the time i just don't like hot dessert that's I can respect that. I mean, I, I love like apple pie is like apple pie, crisps, crumble, any a, a, apple, anything is my favorite dessert and warm apple pie with a slice of like a thing, of ice cream, a slice of ice cream, a scoop yeah, of it's ice amazing. cream. It's amazing. It's like, I love that combo, that hot, cold combo. I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, look, I, um, I've got to run to a sponsor thing, but I wanted to end on something I found very funny. So I spent the glorious, historic, groundbreaking, trend setting, um, uh, holiday of Canadian Thanksgiving up north with my family. And I was hanging out with my older brother, Chris, uh, who I love very much. I, I admire and adore. And I was trying to just come, we were just, we were just chatting. We were working out together and we were just chatting and we were just catching up on life and everything that I brought up to him. He's like, yeah, no, I know. I listened to the podcast. <laughs> so my brother already knew about everything that I tried to bring up because apparently we talk about our entire lives on this and he knew my entire like last couple of weeks. And like, I'm just shocked that Chris listens to this and Chris, I'm sorry that it's not better. Now I feel like a, a, like a moral obligation to do a better job knowing that my older brother is paying attention. But yeah, so he's listening. So hi, Chris, love you. Miss you. Hi, hi uh, Chris. But yeah. I, also, I also love you. Don't miss you, but, but Chris, you. you're my second favorite Hinchcliffe, but don't worry. James is not my first. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not my first Ever. either. That's I'm not even my own first. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> totally fair. Well, Jeremy, thanks for tuning Jeremy's in guys. Well, yeah, that's the, the stash is everybody's favorite. I, mean, I like Arlene, but it's fine. <laughs> okay. On that note, uh, we are leaving yeah, and Alex may or may not be part of the podcast next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs> does Arlene listen? I need to know. I, hope <laughs> I, so. I assume, I assume not. I, and I'm going to make sure she doesn't listen to this one. <laughs> I'll text her. Thanks so much for listening to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at AskOffTrack. Or you can follow us individually. We're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Thim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham. We really need to get that changed to at producer Thim. The music you heard today is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is produced by Tim Durham. And by that I mean fit. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 